Welcome, 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 podcast listeners. It is episode number 245 of the Fred Talk Podcast. This is possibly the third time we've attempted this. It, <laughs> you are here with your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. You are also joined by Lee Pedabadabadadoo. Hello, Lee. Yo. Been a while, mate. It's been a while. Since I could hold my head up high. Sure. <laughs> is this some... Like nineties old band called. I don't know. I'll, I'll be honest. Do you remember, it was like oh, wasn't it some sort of something to do with Nickelback? But they were like it was stained. Band, or... I think. Yes, it was stained. There you go. I don't think they were anything to do with Nickelback, other than they were like they wouldn't have got anywhere if Nickelback hadn't of. They, they were the same kind of like pappy soft rock genre. Pappy, but actually quite miserable. Yeah, yeah. It's like angsty because everything everything was back in the 2000s when it it was like fully angst charged yeah it was like angst angsty soft rock yeah it's when emotions became a genre yeah yeah (laughs) emo but yeah not even like a range of emotions all of the kind of mopey ones yeah the dark side but it, it was it was almost that kind of faux dark side. Oh, I can feel feelings too. <laughs> yeah, it, it was like new romantic take two, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, with <laughs> with uh, down tune guitars. So take that two thousands. No, that was not. That was the nineties. Yeah, and that, that they they had a range of emotions and quite a few Bee Gees tunes as well. <laughs> Indeed, me. You know I really don't like the Bee Gees. It's a good what? job Matt's not on, isn't it? I don't. I'm not sure Matt's got a particular fondness for the Bee Gees. They're from the Isle of Man. Are they? No, they're not. They're Liverpoolian, aren't they? No, Bee Gees are famously from the Isle of Man. Oh, there you go. Oh dear, I've just just put my foot in it there. <laughs> It would be weird if I'm if I'm completely wrong about that and think about another band, but I'm I'm ninety percent sure that I'm not. I mean, they, they could be. I just I, I always assume they were um, from Liverpool because the the accents whenever I've heard them talk in uh, interviews have have been like roughly that kind of area. <laughs> you can listen back to them. Now. Yeah, hang on, you you watch documentaries about the Bee Gees all the They're time? Rubbish. I hate the Bee Gees. The Bee Gees are like fantastic, fantastic songwriters. Got some absolutely mm. blinding tunes, and the chords. My gosh, the chords. They uh, they know how to choose a chord. <laughs> I tried learning the Bee Gees tune actually, um, not so long back. It was you tough. know what the chords you need, mate. Root and a fifth. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I do not stand by that. That is not the hill I'm going to die on. No. <laughs> yeah, this week's hot take. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think we should probably officially start the podcast rather than ranting about the BGS. Uh, wow, that's that lasted a good like couple of minutes as well. <laughs> <laughs> so it is. It's episode number two forty five of the Fret Talk podcast. You're obviously joined by me and Lee. Um, we're we're quite sparse on the ground this week. Um, Matt's. Uh, busy. He's he's been he's been off island this week, I believe, hasn't he? 
I, I don't know. He said he's on holiday. I'm on holiday this week as well, but like home holiday. Ah, uh-huh. yeah, I went on Working holiday last holiday. week. <laughs> um, that's why the the most recent most recent podcast that we did has got um old news on it because me and Matt had to record two <laughs> within the space of three days. Um, yeah. But this one is as up to date as possible. We're recording it late just to uh, offset the fact that the last one was um, not so timely. So what we usually do is we usually talk about what we've been up to this week, don't we? What you've been up to, man? What I've been up to. Um, I've been up to a fair bit. I've um, I've bought a few pedals. Um, I've done some pedal demos, which are coming out very soon. But mm-hmm. I've dropped a video that I've been promising since the start of the year on Pedal Boards of Doom. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, I think <laughs> we even got it last year, didn't we? Pardon? Didn't, didn't we get them before the end of the year? Yeah, just before. And then I, I was promising as my New Year's resolution, I will do MIDI, damn it. <laughs> you were scared. Admit I, it. I, I, I still am. I still am. <laughs> But it, it, yeah, getting it up and running was a lot easier than I thought it would be. Told you, but well, simple. Yeah, so the, like dipping the toe in the water is is nice and simple. So just to kind of give a little context for this, I've uh, I've released a video on the AirStep uh, Bluetooth slash MIDI controller. Um, obviously, I've used it with the HX Stomp with MIDI because the HX Stomp does not have Bluetooth. So that's one cable going to it. However, it's uh it's a pretty pretty decent unit. You've got the uh, the light in your hand there, haven't you? Yeah, I've got um the light and the normal one as well. So the one that you've got and I've got the light. I've got the light mainly for um these, which will be on my desk because they're on charge. So the, uh, the ones are is. Um, because they these will Bluetooth to that. So I just switch it on and connect it up and and it's off I go. So the so so good. The light is a, a unit in and of itself but has less connectors. Yeah. Then. Okay, so we've just got so it is literally just bluetooth. It's not um Yeah, so on the back you've got a function button so you can switch um basically between it because there is <laughs> there is a slight issue you might notice if you connect it to your phone. Yeah. Um, and then you go to type; it won't come up with any characters if you use yes, an iPhone. Because it, yeah, yeah. So you have to press the function button on the back of this to allow you to get the keypad up. Okay. That's the only issue I've actually had of it. In terms of everything else, like charge, it, I've never charged it. Um, no, <laughs> funnily enough, I hadn't charged mine since I uh, since I got it, and it worked for the entire like day of filming that I I done, and that was so. Like you say, we got it. We got them in about December, and this I did the recording for this in April. So that's four months. I mean, it's sat dormant. It hasn't. It hasn't done anything, but it's held the held the charge enough for me to be able to like record, um, like a day's I, worth of. I think yeah. I might have charged one of them. I can't remember which one, but um, if I have, I've only done it the once. Um, yeah. and I've used, especially this one, I've used it extensively. Yeah, yeah, because um, you're using it with you. Headphones, your uh, Wazerad, yeah. which is just 
fantastic you know to have a pedal board it's a wireless pedal board that connects up with all the effects that are built into the into the uh into the wiser ears so i can turn gain on and off and everything it is like having rather than having five different uh snapshots if you like of yeah. like um it's like having four different ped, uh, five pedal boards on the wiser ears now or six Not. even yeah six um yeah, so it's really, really cool. What was um, what was the best thing that you used it for? Uh, so, like I say, I've just kind of dipped my toe into it at the moment, but the the preset that they've got set up for the HX Stomp gives you... So you've got your five buttons on it. The the left two like bank up and down the presets. So you can bank up, up and down through your however many presets there are. There's... There's quite a few in the HX Stomp. I've not counted them, but you're talking like upwards of like tens of uh, presets. Probably about fifty, sixty presets available on the uh, on the Stomp. But then on the right too, as well, it allows you to bank back and forth through a snapshot for each of those presets. So for every preset, you can have. Um, three different versions of that same preset so three different permutations of like pedals being on or off or like dials being set in different different ways and whatnot mm. so from that I, I could now gig the hx stump because you could have you could have like your songs set up in preset order and then a, a snapshot of three snapshots for maybe like uh, verse sound, chorus sound, and solo sound. Yeah, well, uh, something you might be able to do is tweak it so you've got the first two to go up and down between banks, the second two to go up and down between snapshots, hmm. and then the third one set up to tap tempo. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of um, adjustability within the uh, within the unit which I just haven't um, haven't touched yet because it's again it's quite scary knowing what does what. Yeah. Um, well, you can duplicate the um, duplicate the patch that you've got on your phone. Yeah, and then what you might want to do is the bank up and down. You might want to make it so if you do a long hold, it mm. banks up and down. And if you do a, a, just a quick press, it goes up and down between snapshots. And then you've got three more. Yeah, three buttons to do whatever. Whatever. Yeah, you can make one a permanent delay on and off, and one a permanent boost on and off or something like that. Mm. And then you're laughing, really, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. But, like, just just using that, it's it solved kind of two issues that I um, I had with, like, feasibly using the stomp for live use, which, like, number one was the switchability because the three buttons on a stomp aren't really enough. Un- like, unless you're using it, basically as a like as an amp modeler and all you're doing is like setting up your amp and then running everything else into it um there's not really enough switchability in it to to do all of the switches that you need for a gig uh, and the other thing was oh like the the hx stomp i rely on so much for um for doing like demos uh, and for doing like practicing as well, if I took that to a gig and beer got spilt on it and it was out of action for a little while, 
I would be absolutely lost. So the solution that I thought of is having that basically on the top of the amp that I've got and running the, the air step as my on board, like my, my pedal board at the front of the stage. Cause if beer gets spilt on that, they're half the price of the, the HX stump. Also, you don't have to run any power to it. So the only cable you've got going to it is the MIDI cable. It's the MIDI cable, yeah. And that's not so you, like you can keep your I don't know, you keep your stump on top of your amp or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of like out of harm's way, so it's just like mm. it's it's nowhere near uh, the danger of um like the 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 public. <laughs> do you know what I'd actually do with it? I'd have something like a music stand in front of me with the um with the stump on it, mm. and then it'd give you the ability to like start doing uh, like uh, oscillating on delays and stuff like that, and playing with the knobs. Yeah, it also gives you the, the added option of seeing where you're at on the on the presets and the patches. Mm. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because right in front of you, you've got to look down, sort of thing. Yeah, that's the only drawback of having the the stomp like behind me off stage mm. that I'd have to like play it by ear almost as to where I'm at. Mm. Maybe you could make a video about your gigging rig. Yeah, yeah. Uh that that is if I'm going to use it um to gig because at the moment I've got a really simple pedal board amp guitar kind of setup. Yeah. But it's it's made those cogs kind of turn, mm. uh, and it's something that I didn't think would be possible. I'd never looked into MIDI before uh, because it's it's quite a daunting world when you uh, when you're new to it. But actually, oh, yeah, it really is. But this is the simplest one I've ever used. This yeah. is so so simple. It's like, like even even an idiot could use it, <laughs> and I did. <laughs> but yeah it's uh it's it surprised me um we also had um had josh drop a video last week the week before my my video dropped about a certain boss pedal a certain boss pedal that you did a, a video on like a big news video that hit really well 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 well, oh well. <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah, it's, it's essentially <laughs> that. So, our Josh got an RE2, didn't he? He he went out and bought one. He was yes. really impressed with it, and then he he decided to give us a video based on what the ambient tones of the RE2, edited by moi. Indeed, yeah, very very good, very sweet. Ages to edit that. <laughs> it took me nearly a whole day to edit it. Damn. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> it was. I, I think uh, Josh said to me, I, I did kind of rush it. And I was yeah. like, all right, <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's see what we can do here. Um, but yeah, it, it, uh, it came out well in the end. It did. And yeah, the, it it kind of had like a, like a nice chilled, it was almost like guitar audio ASMR. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. I, was, I, I came away thinking... I like it, but it ain't our style. No, it's it's, it's not our normal. <laughs> no, it's yeah. almost kind of like the stuff that Mikey does. Yeah, but like 
It was like listening to Relax FM or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was it was cool because like I, I I just put some reverb on his voice and just like instead of having him talk about it then play talk about it, I just kind of like did it so it was like a he would his voice would come in and I I cut all the big long sentences up into just like very very short phrases and just put them over him playing and stuff like that yeah and um i just pulled out all the best bits of him playing and and chucked away all the gaps and got it really really yeah tightened yeah. it up absolutely yeah I, I was i think it turned about 20 minutes into about i don't know four minutes or something it's longer than that i think it was is it uh, yeah. eight minutes or something like that but yeah yeah it was um it was nice yeah I, it was good i liked your video actually um there was some handsome chap appearing in that i can't remember his name but um yeah but budget pedal chap is his name i think he no the other one the wife fancied him pissed me off he did <laughs> <laughs> tell her tell her to call me <laughs> <laughs> no you you did feature in the um in that video because i um at, like, as i've quite openly admitted midi uh midi is an area that i I am not too familiar with, and I, I I needed a bit of assistance setting it up. Would you call yourself a midiot? <laughs> I, I, I would now, yeah. <laughs> I refer to myself as a midi phobe um, in the video, but if midiot was a was an available term, I would have would have definitely gone with that. <laughs> oh man. But I can see, I can see um, a couple of follow-up videos, perhaps spawning from that. Yeah, I, I've, I think so. I, I've got one to do when um, I'm just trying to iron out some um, bits and pieces on my board, and try to get the get it working with DS8. Once I have, I'll save it as a patch, and um, the Airstep guys will Exonic. They will um, add it to the app. Um, nice. so we'll get the, yeah we'll get the es8 one running cool. uh, it'll just be straightforward it'll um be similar to how you've got the uh, uh the hx stomp um set up yeah um maybe a little bit more going on than there but yeah. um yeah it'll give people a base to jump off of yeah and i think like, that's yeah. that's quite important and it because I'd I'd come into it like deer in, uh, sorry rabbit in headlights, um, and then the preset that they they made just made complete sense. So it, it put me at ease straight away with that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like I say, by far and away, it's the easiest MIDI thing I've ever had to use. Yeah, like the. The fact that it's Bluetooth for the, for the, for the words are rare. You haven't even got to plug anything in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so good. If you, I, I've said it before, but if you've got words are rare, you have to have the air step. Yeah, it's you're just not doing yourself any favors by not having it. Yeah, I, I could see how um, how it would take away a lot of the frustrations that I'd have with the um, with the words are rare. There is a, another addition that you can get to it, which I'm thinking about, which is the Boss have a Bluetooth expression pedal. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, they do, don't they? The Because um, they bought that out with the Eurus, was it? 
yeah the yeah yeah the synth guitar yeah um and you can um you can have both of them at the same time from what i gather from looking at people's pictures so nice yeah exactly i i because i love playing with wah and i hardly ever get a chance anymore yeah so um yeah that'd be that'd be excellent because I, I love the weather is i really do i think it's so good yeah I, yeah i was having a chat with uh with mr fletcher today and he's got a set of them um Has he? yeah and and he told me that he agrees with you on that that the uh the wazarez are are a worthwhile bit of kit does he still did did i sell him my plas, plasma pedal it was, no, it was yeah it was ben wasn't it yeah it was yeah how's he getting on with that i mean it's it's in his pedal box <laughs> he's got right. he's got like a little tray of pedals underneath his bed um right. and it it was one of them Right, um, okie dokie. Oh, that's a shame. I, I was hoping you'd like that. I really liked it. I just wasn't using it and I needed a bit of cash. I think that's where he's at with it at the moment because he's got quite a collection of pedals. I, like, I looked at it, like his um, like box of like his little stash and the stuff that be, that's behind me, I thought, that that's a collection, that is. He put me to shame, so. I mean... Just you wait until the, the studio's up and running and you see my shelves full of... I, I put these five extra large shelves up behind the sofa of the new studio, the new YouTube studio that I'm building. Yeah. Uh, with the thought of, how am I going to fill up these uh, fill up these shelves? I opened one of my many boxes of pedals and used up nearly all the room. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> you gonna have like chandeliers made out of pedals? Oh man, um, it's you know considering that there's going to be my pedal board in shot, and then there's all these pedals behind. You know, it's it's no bloody JHS, but you know it's it's a lot. I, I'm just looking everywhere I look now. In right in front of me, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, nine, nine pedals right in front of me between me and the screen that I'm looking at. Not to <laughs> mention my pedal board over the back. Oh, no, not 10, because I've got the air step there as well. Yeah, just, just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, and a power supply. Uh, yeah, I'll need to get some more power supplies because I've got them like hooked up to various different things. Oh, is that what we got there? That's a, a um, comp, Dynacomp. Dynacomp, yeah. one. It's a script one. It's um, really, really old, and uh, someone's actually drilled it to put a power supply, like a nine <laughs> volt jack that in. That is ghetto, that isn't it? Yeah, it's it's really old. It's nice that is. Um, cool. And I got that. I don't know if we've spoken about that. Oh, the the Dalai Lama. Yeah, that came a couple of weeks ago. I don't. I don't know if I've done a podcast since that arrived, but it's uh, the new Delay Lama Mark Three. Okay, yeah. But uh, I won't talk too much about it. Um, other than it is my favourite analog delay by a long way. Beautiful, beautiful pedal. I've got the extreme version. Ooh, which is the big one. But I've had that for a while. This is the Mark Three, which is a compact version. And um, yeah, it's it's lovely. I'm probably going to put it on my studio board, like 
um, just because I want it as a go-to delay. So good. So, so good. Tell you what I tried this week. What did you try? I've got um, I've got a video recorded in the bag, but I don't think it will be coming out. I don't think it's this week because I've got a Jed's pad coming out this week. Um, but I tried that Bucket Brigade by TC. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? Oh, yeah. oh my God, it's good. It is. It's really good. Where have I put that? That was in front of me. <laughs> this is That's hiding here somewhere. This this podcast is two blokes who've got far too much stuff. Try and find <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, that is um like the first thing that shocks you about that is the size of it. The second thing that shocks you about that is just how bloody good it is. Yeah, yeah. Like it was a lot there was there was a lot more brightness to the, the repeats than I thought there'd be. Because a lot of analog delays get really, really um really muddy and really dark. And mm. That's kind of their characteristic, and it it serves to get the um, the repeated signals out of the way of the original tone. Um, but the 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 bucket brigades, I think it's got um, got a buffer when you when you switch it on that makes your original guitar tone kind of sparkle, and then has the uh, like the repeats. Almost what your original tone was, so that it it does it that way. It's closer to a carbon copy, bright. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very nice. I I really like it. Um, we've got the carbon copy bright on Tonepedia, and I think we're going to be adding the um the bucket brigade soon, so we'll be able to compare the two. That'd be really good. Mm. And that mod switch. Oh. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. something that the um that the delay llama doesn't have. It doesn't have a mod switch. It's just like I, I described it as um Jam have dialed in how much modulation the repeat should have, dialed yep. it in spot on, and they're just like, Yeah, just leave it like that. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's the tone you get. Yeah. But it's okay. the best one. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if you can change it in, in the dip switches I feel, and i'm pretty sure there's some stuff you can do in dip switch uh with dip switches which is like um turning the trails on and off and stuff like that yeah which is about the only really acceptable use for dip switches in my opinion but we'll come to that <laughs> yeah that's a little bit of a sneak peek of what we've got coming up hasn't it <laughs> yeah um, but this is this is lovely. It's got uh, a tap tempo, and then it's got uh, your normal. Oops, sorry. My watch has just told me to take a moment. I'll take a moment just to uh, put it on silent. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, that's not silent. That was silent. That's there the opposite go. of silent. Yeah, that was Do the it, opposite Tom. of what you just did. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, listeners. <laughs> so, right. yeah, it's um, the the. So it's the size of the normal jam pedal, and I'm holding it with one hand. It's very, very like, a bit bigger than an MXR pedal, a bit smaller than a Boss pedal. But yeah. um, it's uh, got two foot switches on, one further to the left, one further to the right, obviously. And the one further to the left is the bypass, and then the one further to the right is the tap tempo. But if you hold it, it puts it into self-oscillation. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Then you've got 
freeway switch for uh, different subdivisions. That's really feature-packed for for an analog delay and for how big the pedal is. Yeah, it's it's really, really nice. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. Speaking of delay, Lee, there's a certain gigantic green delay that you've uh, you got your hands on recently. Is you know that what? It ain't as big as people think. Oh, um, to give you context, right? There's the air step. Okay, so it's about three quarters of an air step, and like yeah. th- three quarters long, and then two air steps wide. The switches are a little bit closer on the DL four than they are on the air step. Yeah. So yeah, to give you an idea. So yeah, obviously we're talking about the DL four here, the DL four Mark two uh, arrived the other day, and <laughs> it's so good. So. Long-time listeners and fans of Pedalboards of Doom and so on and so forth will know that I've had a lot of affair with the um, DD500 since since it came out. It's just yeah. unbelievable. And DD500 is, is like um, Boss's answer to the Strymon timeline. And um, although the initial presets on it, like the you, uh, the Boss's own presets on it, weren't anywhere near as good as the Strymon um, presets on the timeline, the actual sounds that you could get out of the DD500 once you start playing with it went well in advance of what the timeline was capable of. And then people started to realise, like, partially, I suppose, due to mine and other people who loved it, uh, going on about just how flexible it was, that you, it was, it's probably the most powerful delay on the market. That yeah. I can't imagine another delay that's out there that allows you to do what the DD500 does. <clears throat> so much so that I've got so many different delays I've captured on there. I've got loads of vintage ones that I've tuned in perfectly. You know, I've what I, I did is I went through loads of YouTube videos, listened to them one after another after another, just trying to get the the sound exactly the same for each uh, vintage delay as they were on the YouTube videos of them. Um, oh. yeah, and so I've got Echo Rex, Echo Plex, all, all those sort of things on there. I've got this excellent uh, SD, I think it's called the SDD300 or SD300, which is the stereo delay that Eddie Van Halen used, and it's a oh, digital cool. delay. And uh, I've got it doing like a ping-ponging, um, but it's it's kind of like vintage digital delay, a bit like a DD3 sort of idea. Yeah. But it's got its own character to it. It's it's really really nice, and I've got one set up as a, a complementary subdivision to the other, and one slightly lowered in the other. So it's like da 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 da. It's oh, it's lovely. I love it. Just in a big room with like two monitors, uh, sorry, two speakers, and it's just bouncing around you. It's 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 like an experience. <laughs> you know, it's it's wonderful. Um, uh, and I've got my carbon copy because I, I used carbon copy for years, so I cloned that on there and and everything. And I've got them bang on, you know, they are yeah. absolutely perfect. But it takes a lot of work. You've really got to know what you're doing. And if you don't go to the pedal for a while, and then you go back to it, you're like, oh bloody, hell, I've got to remember all this again. Uh, yeah, the menus are quite in depth, and they change depending on what delay type you're on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And on top of that, you can run, um, you can set up the pedal to either run like 
two delays simultaneously or go one and then when you hit the other one it switches or you can have three on there so you can go between a b and c or you can just have c set as a tap tempo or for each preset then you can like hit c and make it do like a twist sound or stuff like that it's Mm. really customizable and it's amazing i love it but i got the dd sorry the dl4 yeah and i was able to dial in a lot of those tones within about a minute ah uh-huh. so i mean that's that's kind of what we mentioned when we mentioned it on the podcast that it it points towards a slightly different audience and those kind of the old school um guitarists who who are a bit plug and play who get scared by menus this will be their like their answer to like a, a huge multi multi affected um unit without kind of being too daunting. I think it goes a little bit further than that. Um I can still save I can replicate all those sounds that I did on the D D D five hundred. I'm not gonna get them as precise on this. Yeah. I'm not because there's there's only five knobs and then you've got the sixth one which is the selector of the uh, effect. Yeah. But I'm able to get very close. Yeah. And then I'm able to save them as presets so I can have my first 10 delays, which is all I had anyway, which is more than most people have on a board. They usually have one delay. Yeah. Right. So I can have my first 10 delay things. And then if I want to get start getting down and start getting a bit freaky and getting experimental on it, I'm able to do that very easily. Yeah. Also, I've got a load of reverbs in this as well. I've got like 15 different reverbs, which I can set as their own presets, or I can have them alongside the delays. So I could have like the first 10, and then I can copy those first 10 and have them all with uh, complementary reverbs. Yeah, and they're they're kind of the HX high-definition reverbs as well, aren't they? They're like the, the glitz and the double tank and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, they're very nice. Very, very nice. Um, I was also able to get like um, Chase Bliss Ferme, um, Ferme, <laughs> Ferme, yeah, Ferme tones out of it as well, which was really nice. And I complemented that with a like a shimmer. And it, this was like the first tune tone that I got. Like I put it together myself, and instantly I was like, I just looked up at my wife and said shit i really like this <laughs> which really is cool. yeah i was like oh my god this is um this is a little bit special because i never had proper uh, like an original dl4 i had other ones in the range but i never had the yeah. dl4 um and i'm just like man this is so powerful so so powerful and it's you know it's got a looper in it as well, which the you know DD five hundred does as well. Yeah, but I can also very easily tweak the delays whilst I'm using a a, um, a loop the looper, which is quite hard to do on the um, on the DD five hundred. So that yeah, that makes me I, you know I've got a looper on my board anyway, but I like that this is a four button looper. It might be that I take my looper off my board and put it on another one. Because yeah. this is a four-button looper. I like this a lot. And like I say, it's nowhere near as big as people were moaning about. It's yeah. um, 
I was actually quite shocked when I took it out of the box as to how small it was. Not as not as uh, <laughs> not bucket delay. Um, yeah, kind of small. Yeah, yeah, because that looked bigger in the pictures as well, didn't it? Does look? I don't know. You can see my hands. You know, it's, it's yeah, a it's, lot it's smaller. It's a hand span, isn't it? Yeah, or wide. Yeah, yeah. My thumb, my my finger were overlapping. Yeah, the pedal. So yeah, um, I've I got big hands, but um, Jay, my wife's hands are nearly as big as mine. <laughs> we should cut that. <laughs> <laughs> they're not disproportioned, and she's not a big person, but she, they just look. Um, they're, they're just like only a little bit smaller than mine. Interesting. Interesting to know. Uh, and in relation to the. DL4, it's probably probably just about about the same size. There you go. So one Lee's wife hand long. Yeah. <laughs> Wide. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think there was there was a bit of concern with the the DL4 when it was released that like would it be relevant? Uh but by by what you've mentioned with all of the like the additional um delay modes because you've got the, the the original modes and then you've got the additional ones and then on top of that having the reverbs as well it sounds like they've done because it's it the original one was just a delay mod um modeler whereas this seems to be like your entire ambience um modeler yeah yeah i like that you can put a mic into it as well i'm not sure i would do that but i like that yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's nice that they've given you the option. Yeah, yeah. I might, I might try. Did you watch the Anderton's video on it? What on the DL four? Yeah. No, I didn't. No. It was really funny. Um, Danish Pete was <laughs> like singing down it <laughs> to start with. You should watch like the first like minute or two of his. So like, what is he doing? <laughs> oh dear. Very funny. Very funny. Indeed, um, but that's not the only floor-based thing that you've uh, you've been talking about this week. You did a quite a hefty breakdown of a release from Victory as well, didn't you? Yeah, so we got together with Victory. Um, I've I stay in touch with the guys at Victory because they make some of my favourite gear, and yeah. um, you know, a, a Martin kid who designs and builds these i i do count him as a friend he is a such a lovely bloke you know, he sends me a personal birthday message i think he does it to everyone but he he doesn't just like uh like say happy birthday yeah. on facebook he'll message you and say happy birthday i hope you have a lovely day and all these sort of things and uh, he's just that sort of guy who kind of goes out of his way and yeah. um you know super super nice guy really is and um yeah so i've i've knew for a while that they were making i think we all knew it was going to happen eventually yeah. but when they released the duchess as the v4 amp and they sent that over and that was amazing um and i, I loved that and it was like the perfect pedal platform and then mm. they made the kraken and they did some updates of the v4 amp so these are the amps that have the the uh the four power preamp tubes uh, not yeah. power tubes and um, preamp tubes and then uh slash valves for people who speak 
normally <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's like the majority of our listeners are american i shouldn't say <laughs> um and then you've got the power side of it which is a class d non-digital class d um analog power section which is voiced by martin um and you've got that in both the Kraken and the Victory. So they are proper amps. You can you could gig with them. And yeah. if you go into a 4 ohm amp, they're up to 180 watts, but no one has 4 ohm amps. If you go into a an 8 ohm amp, you've got 90 watts. And if you go into a 16 ohm cab, you've got 45 watts. And 45 yeah. watts is a lot, especially yeah. on today's stages. So... Um, then you've got on the Kraken, they have like um, a line out and an XLR out. And then you've got your cab out as well. So you could run out to the desk. They can front you, front, chuck you forward and you can go into your into your cab and have it so you can hear it. Right. All yeah. good. But with the new ones, they've um, what they've done obviously is they've released the whole range. So you've got the Copper... The Duchess, the Kraken, the Jack, which used to be the Countess, and the Sheriff, which is the Marshal. That's it, isn't it? It's five. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I mean, I watched the video, but I've been on holiday since, so. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the the Jack is the one that I'm going to go get next. Uh, yeah, and that is... the Guthrie, weren't it? The, the old Guthrie one. Yes, and I believe Richie Coxon uses that as well. Oh, does he? Yeah. Because he, he used to have his own, um, the RK50, didn't he? The head. Oh, maybe that's the one I'm thinking of then. Hmm. Right. So, um, yeah, so you've got the... Um, th- this amp is designed by Guthrie Govern. You've got like a, a really fendery slash hi-fi clean channel. Yeah. Uh, but it's not... It's not too clean. There is enough of a breakup and stuff on going on on there, so it's a nice pedal platform. But it's it's a nice clean sec, um, section. But then the overdrive section, like the, the broke the dirty channel, is goes anywhere from like overdrive all the way up to distortion. So yeah. it's really flexible, and I think that's going to pair really nicely with the um, with the Kraken. So yeah. I'm going to put the victory on another board and just use that as a, pla- a pedal platform with different overdrives going into it. And then mm. on my main board, I'm going to use them two as the dirt, as the dirt, and just take the overdrive pedals off and just have a boost. And that will allow me to free up a bit of room on there. Cool. Mm. Yeah, it says it's the jack of all, isn't it? That one. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, but basically what they've done with these is they've released a whole range, but they've added a headphone jack onto it, and they've also added um this VRC to it as well, which gives you a little bit of sag to the power section to give it yeah. even more authenticity. But I've never had a problem with the ones I've got. Mm. Mm. Oh, so, all got all got two notes as well. Yeah, yeah. They they introduced um because they had cab emulated outs before didn't they but they've teamed up with two notes to to have log no they all um, the, the kraken the original they've all all of them all the cab emulations have always been turned two notes when they've oh have they them. yeah so the one i've got now that that you probably can't hear there <laughs> uh, yeah is, the noise gate's getting that 
yeah, that's six um, six presets, and you can upload your own ones on there. So it comes with six on there that have been uh, designed by. They've had a different artist for each yeah. um, each amp. Set the six two notes cabs on there. But you oh, so can they're, change they're them. voiced to each of the amps, are they? So they're not just like the same six for every every one, or is it that's six different for exactly? So the sheriff was done by Chris Chris Buck, for instance. Oh, okay. And so I've on heard so of him. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, it's 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 nice. I like like the Kraken was done by Rabir because it's his signature amp. So yeah, so on and so forth. They they are all unique, and but if you don't like them, you can plug it in and change them and put your own on there. Yeah, and there's a there's an extensive collection on Two Notes Library, isn't there? Oh gosh, yeah. Oh, oh. sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It's yeah. there, bother. Right, we've got uh we've got some housekeeping to do with our hot takes this week, haven't we? <laughs> so it's yeah. been two weeks since. Uh, since we've done a hot take, because as I said, the, like, the last podcast was recorded three days after the, or two days after the the one before. So we didn't have the poll up for that. Both me and Matt quite cockily said, oh, Josh is going to need some, some help here because this, mm-hmm. uh, this ain't going to go his way. And it only has, hasn't it? Well, so it's it's... At the moment, it is a fifty-fifty split. So the the last week's hot take was basically the J the JVM Marshalls are the greatest Marshalls. Um, no, are the best Marshalls that Marsh that Marshall have made. Yeah, yeah, but we we argued. Nope. <laughs> Full uh, stop. But there was there was a lot of um a lot of kickback on it. You you yourself uh, came in on this one and was actually like, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I would. And quite a few people backed you up, so it's a fifty fifty split. And because it's a deadlock, I think we're giving Josh the win. Good, good. He finally so. finally gets the win. I didn't mean, think it was ever gonna happen. Uh, you will get better tones out of uh, like something like a JCM eight hundred or whatever, um, but you've really got to like deafen everyone to get them. <laughs> so you know, uh, and it'll only do that. The, the JVM is you know, Satch used a JVM, Malmsteen uses a JVM, and all the JVMs I've played are excellent, really, really good. I've considered buying one quite a lot, you no, know, quite a yeah. few times. I mean, we could get into the debate again here, but we're not. We're not going to get into it. It is a fifty-fifty split, which means that Josh wins it. The JVM is the greatest Marshall ever made. Um, it's official. That is it. That's science now. Uh, we've got a lukewarm hot take, actually, from the Pedal Boards of Doom group this week Woo-hoo. by a bloke, and I'm going to butcher your name, but just. It's not personal. I'm not doing it on purpose. It's northern. And... Ignore it. Northern. Um, you couldn't have sounded more northern when you said that if you tried. Agum. <laughs> uh, so, the the chap here is uh, Jordan Mac Al Talier. Jordan. I think it's Jordan. It's I O R D A N. Jordan. So okay. there we go. And what does he say? He says, 
Um, so pedals that require you to take it apart to mess with the settings are asinine. His exact words. <laughs> I mean, so basically, I, we've taken a taken a pop at like dip switches and trim pots that in, internal. I'd like to. Um, I'd like to do a live demonstration. Okay, so I'm going to use the um, jam pedal pedal here because it's uh, to hand. Uh, yeah. So this is the Lay Llama, and say I'm I'm going to set my settings exactly how I want them. Okay, so yeah. I've set my settings, and then I'm like, oh, I really like this, but I just need to sort this out. And then I pick that pedal up and I start moving it around and start twiggling around. Oh, all my settings, all my settings are moved. I had that dialed in perfectly. Oh. And you know it's never going to go back to how you had it. Even if you got it perfect, your ears are going to tell you you're wrong. That you is know one those, key issue. Like the uh, the adverts that are on like QVC and stuff like that, where like <laughs> someone's trying to carry uh, like too many pots through a kitchen and then they drop them all. And it's like, oh no. That, that's basically what we got there. <laughs> no, no, my uh, pedal settings. Um, but yeah, I, I get I get your point. Is that not only you like adjusting the the settings inside the pedal, you then have to go back outside the pedal and make sure all your settings are the the same. And yeah, it's a bit of a ball ache. Is mm. it? So the wording of this uh, of this hot take is that. Pedals that require you to take it apart and mess with settings are asinine. So, yeah, usually, usually, yeah. the settings that you can change. Oh, in usually, the pedal, yeah, usually. <laughs> I'm budget pedal chap. <laughs> um, normally, yeah, <laughs> normal limit. <laughs> we um, the settings that you can change inside a pedal are pe- are set and forget. But that is down to personal uh-huh. persuasion. Yeah. Also, take the um, the King of Tone, for instance. The, um, the You don't know which settings you're going to like the most. So you need to switch it because you've got three switch. No, I think you've got six switches either side. And the different combinations will give you... No, it's three dip switches either side. And the different combinations of up and down will give you the um, overdrive, distortion, or something slightly in between. Yeah. I think it might be two switches either side. <laughs> that, yeah. um, but it, or, it's, got a, it's, got, it's got some switches inside it, and yeah. it requires you to do some prior planning to figure out which one you, you want. But you need to try them. So you yeah. need to switch one and... like. Then you need to turn the knobs on the front to see how you like it. And then yeah. you need to do the other one and then see how you like that. And then you need to see how they sound together. And switching it backwards and forwards. I had to I've had to do this. Um like moving it backwards and forwards to get exactly how you want it. It is a bit of a ball ache, right? Yeah. On the Pantheon, right, those switches are on the side. I can just put I've never taken the back off the Pantheon and just you know, little Switches, da 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 da. I know it is. I know what they do as well because I haven't got to read like a a key to tell me what they do. They say one, two, three, and it says like game one, game two, game three, 
channel, you know, uh, or whatever, whatever they do. And I can sit there and I can toy with them. The Pantheon Deluxe has a lot more knobs on it than the King of Tone, and it took me a lot less time to dial it in. Indeed. Um, but as you say, internal dip switches and trim pots to a certain extent are largely a set and forget kind of thing. It's not the kind of thing that you want to be adjusting on the fly. No, and no, true. If it's internal, you're not going to knock it when you take it to a gig. You're not going to do the the weird QVC advert that you just did. It's take- it's set. It's done. All right, okay, I'll give you another example. The carbon copy, brilliant pedal, yep. used it for ages. And I got, when I first got it, I set up the uh, modulation because inside you got like speed and time yeah, and stuff like that. Rate and depth, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly, rate and depth. Uh, to set up the modulation, set it up. And I was never quite happy with it. And every time I wanted to tweak it, I had to take the back off and it became a bit of a pain in the ass. I couldn't do it at gigs. So when I was trying to like, um, get my sound right with the uh, the other guitarist. It was just I, c- I couldn't just do. It. I had to go home, tweak it. When I came back, um, was it right? Was it not? I don't know. You know. Um, and then they released the carbon copy deluxe, which had the normal yeah. carbon copy. It had a switch for the bright, and they also had those knobs on the outside. Yeah, because they knew that it's a pain in the ass having dip switches internally um but for some people that's completely fine which is why they still make the carbon copy they still make the carbon copy bright with those internal uh trim pots yeah they do but i don't think yeah you know, it's like should we put these knobs on the outside and charge people more i know that's not what they did but it felt like no. it <laughs> it was a case of like the the real estate for the front of this pedal is already pretty chocker. We could maybe fit one more knob on without it being overly stretched. Knob on. <laughs> You're a knob on. <laughs> but uh, you, you know what I mean. Like having five knobs on the front of a a delay pedal is perhaps a bit much. However, you Where say I'm... that, but if you look at the full bore metal, it has like a gazillion knobs on the front of it and it's the same size as a normal carbon copy both from the same company both exactly the same they're both fat size so they could have put two smaller knobs just for the rate and the depth of the modulation they could have but then it it's busying up the front of a a delay pedals um face like delay pedals are i would argue more something you would more lightly tweak on the fly whereas uh like a drive pedal you usually get it set where you need it to be set what if i made them little tiny ones that you weren't gonna twist more than like a little bit like you get on these uh, sonic sonic ambience pedal from uh sonic cake you know what if they didn't like that but that's that would have been my my go-to or uh you know have them on the top or something like that that you put a little screwdriver in that you can access from the outside. That's that's still quite fiddly though, isn't it? It is, I'd, but it's I not would, as I bad. would argue that that's probably more fiddly than taking the back off and being able to turn it with like you, the nail of your thumb mm. rather than 
then having to get the... I like the idea of having them maybe on the side, just having like two little, tiny little trim pots, the kind that you have on mini pedals, just where, almost like where the uh, the jack inputs are, because they're not top mount, are they? No. You, you, ones. you know what would be perfect? Do you remember those, um, the lock knob uh, Ibanez pedals? Yes. Well, they like not lock knob, but um, yeah, like, yeah, you tone push lock. them and they pop out. Yeah, tone lock. Yeah, that that'd be great. You just like pop it out, twist it, pop it back in. Indeed. Um, yeah. But we're talking like the the MXR carbon copy was like first conceived decades ago, back when those mini pots weren't a thing. Are you sure? Because then then my Benes um, pedals were out. Around the same time, well, think... the carbon copy. I thought the carbon copy was a an eighties. No, Bang. no, no. That was two. No. That was two thousands. Was it? No. Yeah. Let me no. Google. Yeah. Do win a Google. Uh, MXR carbon copy release dates. Uh, 2008. That late? Fuck me. Yeah. I thought they were. I thought they were earlier pedals than that. No, oh, there I, you go. I remember getting really excited by it as well. Actually, when it came Flip out. Flip the table. There's absolutely no reason for the for MXR to have done that shit. <laughs> That's it. Fuck internal dip switches. No, I think. <laughs> Joe's a bad um, company for doing that, and uh, I hate saying it because he's a mate. But Anna sounds put fucking dip switches and everything. Yeah, I like Anna sounds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Alex is cool. Um, but yeah, he's he's a good man. He's a good man. But stop putting fucking dip switches in stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So from from that, and like. We we can't really can't really argue the point that they're asinine because people are still doing it. Is it a little bit inconvenient? Yes. It like over half the times would it be better to have the controls on the outside of the pedal? Probably. But it's not something that would make or break a pedal. People still buy. The um, the King of Tone and herald it as an iconic pedal. They herald it as one of the best pedals still available. As an option, you can have the switches on the outside. Well, mm. um, I do have an alternative approach to this, however, and that it is when I first opened up my carbon copy and realised that there were knobs inside. Mm-hmm. I could turn because it had like a white sheet in it covering the PCB and it had like rate and depth and it was like actively instead of saying don't use this it was actively saying you can change this yeah. but when I opened it up and saw them I, I nearly pissed my pants I was I, it was like opening up an easter egg and finding sweets inside yeah I was it's, it's so like a, happy <laughs> a nice little surprise yeah um, but at the same time you're like Oh my god! I didn't realize I could do this to my pedal, and it's been hiding it. The thing I didn't like about the pedal all this time, I could have changed, and I've done like a thousand gigs or whatever. There's that sort of take on it as well. Yeah. 
So I think this is where we leave it for the podcast listeners to to vote on this. We'll we'll put the poll up at some point today. Yeah, just just to add one more thing into it. When we discussed this briefly in the chat, both Matt and Josh were completely like, "Well, yeah, no, it's not. It's not a hot take. It's a simple. I think that was Matt's words. <laughs> it's not a hot take. It's just a fact. It is dumb. Yeah, and." To be fair, I can see this going one way. And yeah. for the for the sake of podcast entertainment, one of us had to play the role of <laughs> being pro um internal switches and that that unfortunately was me. I would <laughs> I don't know. Uh I'm I'll sit on the fence about it and see how the podcast listeners decide. The exact wording as as mentioned pedals that require you to take it apart to mess with the settings are asinine. <coughs> I don't know. So, uh, I, I, asinine, the extra, exact um, definition according to Google is extremely stupid or foolish. Yeah. I think that to, falls into that definition. To be ass-like. <laughs> ass-like, isn't it? It just sounds like someone who likes ass, doesn't it? Aslick. Yeah. yeah. Butter me asinine. Aslick. What 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 was Aslick from? Was that Hello Hello? I don't know. I'm I'm not that old, Lee. I'm not that old. Right. Surely let's news it. <laughs> Punch it, Chewy. Uh so we've got some news. What are we gonna <laughs> <laughs> Thank thank you for that, Lee. I will have fun editing that. Just blown out audio there. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try. It's just uh, swear. So we've got th- <laughs> oh we've got three bits of news. We're only gonna do one. Which one do you want? One, two, or three? Three. Okay. Cool. Right. Digitech DOD. Are they being discontinued? Uh, dun, dun, dun. This is something that. Uh, okay, so they're owned by Harman, aren't they? They are owned by Harman, which are a subsidiary of Samsung. Mm. And, and they um, have been very hard to get hold of. <laughs> I have yeah. tried. Um, I don't know. So they don't. They, I don't think they take themselves serious enough. So the the the, the source was uh, basically a YouTube video from Riffs Beards and Gear. Right. Um, fluff. I know of. Fluff. I don't. I've not really followed a lot of the wrist beards and gear stuff, but it, this kind of cropped up in a few of the groups uh, that were that we were all part of. That Digitech's site, uh, like a, a, quite a lot of the pedals on the site are now like showing up as not available. Also, at the same time, on the Harman site, any references to Digitech and DoD have been dropped. Hang on a minute. I seem to remember something on Facebook that I saw where they said, I think it was them, where they said, we are not closing down. We are, new things are coming. Oh, okay. Um, But, so, DOD aren't necessarily all that relevant anymore. I've not seen any 
kind of new developments from DoD for a while. Well, like, JHS been... just released that uh, the 250 clone, didn't they? Oh, there's so many people who've released 250 clones. 250 preamp. Um, yeah. So that that was the last release from JHS. Was it? Yeah, it kind of brought them back into. Okay. Into yeah, the the, the, the two fifty is quite good. It's essentially uh, MXR distortion plus without the clipping, but it's it's quite quite tra- uh, quite transparent sounding. It's a good one. I've got a uh, a K line take on that, and it's a really really cool pedal. Uh, but um, Digitech are like they they've been creating stuff relatively recently, haven't they? They've been releasing um, kind of modulation and ambient pedals within the past ten years. Uh, so it would be it would be unfortunate to see them them drop off. They also are the they they still make the the whammy don't they the whammy five I think is the most recent one yeah um that's that is a v the most current from what I'm understanding mm-hmm. um sorry I'm just trying to find this bloody post remember Dan from that pedal show sharing it up oh no it was diamond. Ah. Yeah, apologies, it was diamond. Yes, diamond, uh, diamond pedals have temporarily ceased operations. This is not the end, but a bright new beginning. We're excited to see you again soon. Ah. As they <laughs> say, diamonds are forever. Uh, are forever. Forever. Unfortunately, Shirley Bassey did not do a song about Digitech. <laughs> Dodds are forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that whammies so, are forever would work really well wouldn't it wham- whammies yeah whammies are I, I can't forever. see the whammy going away <laughs> like even if even if Digitech and DoD went down I reckon there'd still be a company get, going out there making the whammy so it's so someone would buy Digitech yeah maybe. yeah maybe. Um, I, I, I'd like not to for it to not happen Obviously, I want a Whammy Five. Yeah. Actually, I've wanted one for ages. I also want a Whammy One. But... Mm. Mm. What What I'd like to see from Digitech is the pedals that uh, were released when I was growing up, like the the Bad Monkey, the Screaming Blues, the Hothead, the Grunge, the Death Metal, and then they did a few. From like the X Morph series or something like that, where it it was a bit, um, a bit like. What, what is this? What are you showing me? Band creator. Yeah, I don't want to see that, Lee. I don't want to see. <laughs> um. So the X Morph series, they had like it. They it was a range of pedals, where it was like say like a um, like an overdrive pedal. And it had your standard tone level and gain, but then had this X morph control, and it, it allowed you to morph between like two different voicings of of an overdrive pedal. Sounds like the OD two, doesn't it? Yeah, 
OS too, like where where it was like um, DS one and SD. Uh, oh, uh, yes, sorry, yes, OS two, <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, OS two, yeah, like the over overdrive distortion. Is it called? There is an the OD two though. There is. That's the turbo that, overdrive, isn't it? The OD two was the overdrive, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, turbo overdrive. The OD2 is a turbo overdrive, and it's got like this turbo uh, which you can switch on and off. And then you've got the OD2R, which had a remote switch in as well, so you could actually do that with a remote switch. I should have just um, made it so you can press and hold it. But yeah, it's um, but the OS2, yeah, you could sw- blend between overdrive and distortion. You're right, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they they had a series of those. Um, they had like. Overdrive distortion. I think they even had a compressor in that series as well, which was quite strange. But um, I'd what, like to see what was it called? Like the Digitech X Morph. I think it was called X Morph or like X Series or something like that. And it had X like a, series. Yeah. Oh right. Yes. Yeah. Basically, a lot of boss pedals, but had like a, a blend between. Um, Multiple settings with it, like multiple voicings within the pedal, uh, yeah. and I'd like to see, I'd like to see stuff like that re-released, especially the um, the Bad Monkey, the Screaming in Blues, and the Hot Head, because I think they are just better versions of the the source material. Like the the Bad Monkeys often heralded it as like a top-notch TS9. Because it has the bass control as well. Yeah, I've seen um, Rob, uh, Robert Keeley say about the how good the Bad Monkey is. Mm. And they did the bass synth wire in this as well, didn't they? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I remember that as well. Mm. My old bassist back in my uh, one of my early bands used to bring, bring that to practice and it would absolutely slap. <laughs> it was just just really cool like he bought it because he wanted to sound like um like that jim iroquois song deeper underground now played this... by our friend rob harris rob harris oh yeah you've uh you've chatted with him haven't you yep oh yep so I think if we lost lost Digitech, there's a lot more, um, a lot more to Digitech than you might remember. Like, yeah, I I think you've got a good point. I'd like like to see um maybe a reissue of these, but with like um just like modern updates, so like mm. stick the jacks on the top sort of job, and um, yeah. Well, the the reason they probably wouldn't do that is because they they had two outputs on them. A lot of these pedals, they had like out to amp and then out to mixer, mm, mono. Yeah, um, it was it was really cool. I used to run my um, Bad Monkey in my pedal board, but through the out to mixer because it it gave it like a bit more of a mid range push. Yeah. That's- it's nice looking at these, actually. Yeah, yeah, I really, I really dug uh, Digitech stuff. 
what did annoy me though, I used to uh, I used to rock a BCB sixty like the Boss pedal boards, <laughs> and they didn't and fit. Yeah, so they had their little foam inserts that fit Boss pedals perfectly, and Digitech pedals were just a little bit wider, so it would just sit at a weird angle rather than sitting flush on the pedal board. I'm just looking at the design here, and I'm thinking there was a cease and desist. There must have been a cease and desist because they are so bloody close to um, so boss like. Yeah, exactly. But there's there's been been plenty of other pedal companies before that have done it. And how many are running now? Good point. Good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think these. Um... Yeah, I'd like to see these remastered, uh, reissued. I think they'd do well out of it, actually. And yeah. um, maybe come in with a, um, a what, you know, one that does, like, the drop, and then one that does the... Because the drop's a really popular pedal, actually. Loads of people use it. Yeah. The Freak Out <laughs> as well is is one that they do. Which one? Yeah. The Freak Out. Mm. Uh, a bit like the, uh, the EHX Freeze, isn't it? But a bit more involved. Yeah. I've got the, uh, in my hands, I've got the Strummable Drums, S-Drum. Yeah, the S-Drum. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, um, yeah, it, it, it is. Um, it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to get into drum machines. And, um, yeah, this was my first attempt at that, but it's, uh, I don't know, it needs something. <laughs> um yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think they need to do this, indeed. But maybe they are. Maybe it's just the quiet before the storm. But I think that's that's probably where we're going to end it for this week because we've got we've got an hour and fifteen's worth of uh, podcast here. Even if we take about take the bit out about your wife's hands, we've got a good a good ever. So. Yeah. So, what we usually do is we give our Patreon backers a bit of a shout out. Let's Patreon backers. Do it. They are amazing people. Some some amazing might even consider them better than better than normal people. People. <laughs> uh, for as little as two dollars a month, you can be part of that exclusive members only crew. And they are as follows: Mister Andrew Bimson. Mr. Adam Yeomans, Mr. Doug Christ of 37 Effects, of Masters of the Cinematic Universe, and of the Just Surprise Me podcast. We've got Mr. Hugh G. Rection. We've got Mr. Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups. And we've got Mr. Brian Gerr of the Tone Jerks podcast. And of the Second Button podcast. I urge you to check out all of the podcasts mentioned because I do, and they're good. Uh, so if you want to catch me online, I am Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, at Budget Pedal Chap. And YouTube is the home to the No Talk All Tone series and No Talk All Tone Verses. You will also find me featuring semi-regularly on Pedal Boards of Doom YouTube Ooh. channel. And Lee, where can we find you? 
on Pedal Boards of Doom. We can also find you on Pedal Boards of Doom, Carl. On Facebook, on Instagram, and you can find me on Tempedia, doing all the Tempedia work, making interactive demos so you can go and try guitars and stuff. And, and currently, we are in the midst of demoing the new Revstar range. Oh, nice. Yeah, very, very cool. So the boys are... Uh, playing all the the session musicians are all over in Germany at the moment, playing all the different styles for all the different guitars. And uh, yeah, it'd be nice to listen for them and uh, see how they come out. Yeah, I, I hear that the um, the quality of the pickups in the, the budget range are still quite comparable to the, the top end as well. Oh, so I want to be comparing that. Yeah, I've, I've wanted a Japanese rev stuff for ages, actually. I really like the look of them. Yeah, oh, I'm absolutely down for the rev style range. Mm. My my okay. issue at the moment is everything I play feels heavy and hefty compared to the Strandberg, and it's um it, the Strandberg is so easy to play, it's making everything else seem crap, and it's really messing with my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of the guitars that you've loved for years and years, you're going, oh, this is this is not what I need. Yeah, it feels like I've needed a screwdriver and I've been using a spanner. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um... you are a spanner. <laughs> right, so that is where we're ending for this week anyway. So from myself, Mr. Budget Pedal Chop. From Lee, Mr. Pedabadabadabadabadabadoo. Goodbye, guys. It will be a tatty bye. And good night for this week. Goodbye. Listen for the joke. Listen for the joke. Civil War jokes. I generally don't find them funny. General General Lee. Oh, that's that's um, that's your name. Way way. Go on. We're having that. We'll have it.